Grab your Bibles while you're standing and open with me to the text that we looked at this morning. I mentioned that we were kind of uh, carrying the same thought over uh, from this morning until tonight, and we want to ask the Lord to help us with that. Psalm 119, Psalm 119, beginning in verse number 49, Psalm 119, these same verses that we read this morning beginning in verse number 49. The Bible says, Remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. The proud have had me greatly in derision, yet have I not declined from thy law. I remembered thy judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. Father, we thank you for the word of God tonight. We thank you that it's alive, it's powerful, and uh, that it can help us uh, just as much today as it did back in the days when, when David uh, encouraged himself with the Word of God and uh, when the great patriarchs of our faith were able to find comfort and strength that only you can give when Paul and Timothy and John and these great characters of the New Testament found comfort through the Word of God and uh, the, uh, the work that you had started here on earth. Lord, we're thankful that it's just the same for us today. We're thankful that we have that power that we can tap into in all these areas of life. And so help us tonight. Would you speak to our hearts and challenge us? Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Let me remind you just very quickly this morning, uh, we looked at this fact of when life hurts, finding God's grace in our life when life hurts. Sometimes life is not as perfect as we want it to be. Sometimes life we struggle uh, and uh, we have problems that come and whether that's a personal problem with somebody, uh, a physical ailment that uh, you know, comes into our life or pain from some situation at work, there are just a myriad of things that can come into our lives and cause hurt. And we looked this morning at really uh, one side of dealing with it. Tonight we want to look at the other. This morning we looked at dealing with these things in the wrong way. Responding to hurt wrongly. We said that there are many things that come into our life if we're not careful when we're hurt and we need to avoid those. We looked at a couple of them. Certainly the list was not inclusive, but we looked at the fact of anger getting into our life. And boy, we need to be careful that we don't let anger get in our life when somebody does something we don't like uh, or when some hurt comes our way. If we're not careful, anger will seep into our lives and, and cause wrath and bitterness and all of these things. And then we'll progress to the next level of vengeance. Uh, we looked up there in the Bible where it says, listen, don't do to somebody else uh, as they did to you. Don't try to just get even with somebody. Have you ever thought, boy, if I could just get even with this person, it would make me feel better. Maybe you did, but after that, if, you, if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit of God living in you, you didn't feel better, did you? You felt, you, you felt more guilty and kind of added insult upon injury. And uh, we looked up Ephesians chapter 4, we'll be there again several times tonight, uh, and understand that if we're just unkind to people, do you know somebody that's just unkind? It's just, uh, you know, uh, full of bitterness or, or malice, as the Bible says. We've got to be careful that we don't let these things get in our life when we're hurt. Why is it important that we don't let these things get in our life? We said, well, because it destroys our relationships. If we're not careful, getting hurt, which is something that will happen as life progresses on in our life, 
we're going to allow these things to destroy our relationships. And God is in the business of building relationships. And God is in the business of helping us be, be more unified. And that's another thing that, that uh, responding in the wrong way to hurt causes, is it brings a lack of unity. Satan loves to divide and conquer. If he can divide at home between mom, dad, uh, between you know child and and uh, parent, between uh, pastor and people, between employee and employer, if if he can divide in those areas, he is going to be able to gain great victory. His strength is found in unity. Uh, and again, we're, we're reminded that we are unified around the truths of the doctrine of the Word of God. That's what unifies us. And so we want to be uh, together. And when we respond wrongly, it brings about a whole lack of, of unity and uh, is certainly something that grieves the Spirit of God. And it damages our testimony. Boy, we want to we watch our testimony in this world. We're going to be hurt. We're going to have problems. People aren't going to be perfect to us all the time. People are going to hurt us from time to time. We want to maintain the right testimony uh, in the world. People need to see Christians behaving differently than the lost behave. And this is what we want to get into tonight uh, about how to respond to hurt biblically. All right, we looked this morning about how to respond wrongly and, and, and how this can get in and cause many problems in our life. Tonight we want to understand how can we respond to hurt biblically. Take your Bible and turn to Proverbs chapter 16. We're going to, I'm, I'm going to give you just a short little list here. We could spend a lot of time on all of these, but I encourage you to just maybe write these down. Uh, somewhere if you have a scrap piece of paper and a fly leaf of your Bible or something like that, that you might be able to remember some of these things. They will help you uh, when problems come, when hurt arises, when somebody does something to you that you're not exactly fond of. How do we respond and how should we respond according to the Bible? First of all, Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 32. Proverbs 16, verse 32. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. How many of you find it hard to be slow to anger sometimes? Because anger is the first thing. Why do you think we're commanded to be slow to anger? Because anger is one of the first things that comes out. And uh, so if we're going to, number one, respond to hurt biblically, we're going to have to control our emotions and actions. Number one, control our emotions and actions. Listen, we need to act upon what happened, not react. Do you realize there's a difference between acting and reacting? Reacting is if you're walking by me and, uh, you know, you try to hit me or something. My a reaction is, you know, put your hands up, maybe hit you back. I don't know what the reaction might be. But a reaction is something that you don't think about really quickly. A reaction is, you know, somebody does something and you just quick to defend yourself. Maybe you trip and fall or, or, or stumble and you try to catch yourself. That is a reaction. An action is something you're thinking about. An action is a predetermined point. I am going to do this uh, because of, you know, whatever has happened. An action was, those of you that are in church tonight, you're in church because you acted upon the decision, I'm coming to church tonight. You acted upon it. It wasn't necessarily a reaction. It was an action. When hurt comes, one of the things that we're tempted to do is just react to it. We need to be careful. The Bible says slow down a little bit. Be slow to anger. Did you notice the rest of the verse? It says, He that ruleth his spirit 
is greater than he that taketh the city. Ruling our spirit, controlling our emotions and actions. If we're not careful, we're going to react in the wrong way like we already talked about this morning. Sometimes people say, well, I was hurt and, 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 and I'm just basing what I'm doing upon how this other person responded or, or acted to me. But we cannot base the way we act on the way somebody else is acting. We see too many people do that in our world today, don't we? Base what they do on how somebody else is treating them or, you know, if they're good, uh, then they try to treat them good. If they're being treated bad, they try to treat the other person bad. bad. Listen, as a Christian... God expects more out of you. We just need to understand that. God expects more out of us. We are not to act like the world acts. We are not to live like the world lives. We have a higher standard. And that standard is living according to the truths that are found in the Word of God. And we've got to control our emotions and feelings. They're going to be there. Hey, listen, somebody does something mean to you, somebody does something that hurts you, that devastates you, those feelings are going to be there. We have to control them. We can't just react and, you know, uh, uh, fly off the handle. Uh, you know, sometimes people say, you know, I have a short fuse. Have you heard somebody say that? You know, I've got a short fuse. Or, or you know, I carry that chip very loosely on my shoulder. Boy, if it gets knocked off, watch out. Hang on. That ought not be said about Christians. We need to be careful about how we act in these types of situations. And so, first of all, if we're going to respond biblically, we have to control our emotions and actions. Now, we understand we can't do that on our own kind of permeating this whole thing, is we have to be a spirit-filled Christian. It is impossible to do these things on our own. We have to do them through the power that God gives us. But secondly, let's go to Genesis chapter number 50. The last chapter in that book of beginnings. Genesis chapter 50, kind of a great conclusion to an incredible story in the Bible. The story of Joseph. It was one of the things that we remember Joseph for. Joseph and what? Who can tell me? The coat of many colors, the what? Oh, his mean brothers, yes, okay. Uh, listen, uh, some of you might say, hey, I've got stories about my family, and you might be able to have some incredible stories. I've heard a lot of stories, but I haven't heard about stories where a brother threw another brother into a well and sold him as a slave. Uh, you know, I mean, this is pretty bad stuff. Think about what Joseph must have been going through uh, when he was, you know, favored and certainly uh, was, you know, went through his whole adolescence as kind of being looked upon with scorn and resentment. And then when the opportunity came, he was thrown in this, oh, well, and I, I don't know, I, the, the, the brothers didn't know that caravan was coming. They threw him in there. They're probably just going to let him die. And then all of a sudden they saw and said, oh, hey, there's some people. We could make some money on this. We could make a quick buck. Uh, and uh, let's just sell them. How do you think Joseph must have felt? You think he was hurt? You think, you think there were some emotional things going on in his life? Do you think he was struggling with, does anybody love me? Uh, why would my family do this? How would my brothers that I was raised with do all of these kinds of things? We fast forward through an incredible story of Joseph's life, all the, the jail time and Potiphar's house time and palace time and all of these things. We get to the end where he's now revealed himself to his brothers as only God could bring about those amazing circumstances and in Genesis chapter 50 and verse number 19, it says, Joseph said unto them, that's his brothers, fear not, for am I in the place of God? Hey, listen, you know a lot of us, we want to be in the place of God when we're hurt because we want to get back at so-and-so or we want to do whatever it is. And Joseph said, no, listen, am I in the place of God? I can't do that. He says in verse 20, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass 
as it is this day to save much people alive. Do you think that when Joseph was in the bottom of that well, he said, you know what, I can handle this because I know I am going to be second in command of Egypt. Certainly not. He had no clue that was going to happen. Who did? God did. The second thing that I want you to jot down as we're thinking about Joseph's life, many lessons that we can learn. But secondly, if we're going to deal with hurt in the biblical way, we need to completely trust in God's plan. Completely trust in God's plan. Joseph didn't exactly know everything that was going on. Joseph did not know at first uh, that, you know, when he was sold, God had a plan. He didn't know that when he was thrown into jail, God had a plan. He didn't know that when he was raised to be, you know, second to the most powerful leader in the world at that time, that God had a plan. Listen, uh, Joseph had every ability to get angry, uh, to get even, to get back at his brothers, and he could have done it, and everybody would have said he would have been justified. But he didn't do it. Because he knew God had a plan. I'll tell you something. We might, we might not know. Why did this happen to me? Why was so-and-so you know, so hurtful? Why did this situation arise? Why, when everything seemed to be going good, and when I was trying to live for the Lord, why did this happen? Why did this circumstance come into my life? Why did this problem at job? Why did this health issue? You know, the list could go on and on. And we ask the question, why? We need to come to a place where we just trust God. And we know that God has a plan. We might not know what that plan is. We might not be able to delineate every little step that comes uh, all the way down the road, but God has a plan. We know that His grace is enough for us. We know that His loving care covers us at all times and uh, is more than we need in any situation. We know that there's amazing grace uh, that is there to help us in all of these things. We just need to trust Him. That's a matter of making up our mind. I'm going to trust God. I'm not going to doubt him. Number three, go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. We could spend a lot of time on all of these points. Really, I'm just trying to get you to be thinking on how to apply these to your own life. And how can these things uh, enable you to be a little bit more like Christ? If we're going to respond to hurt biblically, we've got to control our emotions and actions. We've got to completely trust in God. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 32, I'll tell you what, this is a hard one. But it's absolutely imperative. We read it this morning, but let's refresh ourselves. Ephesians 4.32 And be kind one to another, tender-hearted. What's the next word? Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Number three, if you take a note, jot this down. Completely forgive the offender. Completely. Now that's an important word. Completely forgive the offender. We have to realize that just like Jesus Christ forgave us, and uh, you know we don't deserve it, and we don't, we don't, are, we're not, we know, deserving of His forgiveness. But He forgave us. And listen, did He do a complete job of forgiving us? Absolutely, He did. He didn't hold anything back. He didn't keep back and say, "Well, I'll forgive you of this, this, and this," but there's no way I can ever forgive you of this. He didn't do that. This verse tells us that we forgive others just like Jesus Christ forgave us. I was witnessing to a man. We were in the middle of a hay field, leaning over the, the, the front of my pickup. I was witnessing to him and, and talking to him about the Lord. and He understood everything. He understood the gospel. He knew some stuff about the Bible. He just would never get you know, saved. He just would never commit all the way. And after, you know, I'd known him for, for a while. And after a while, I 
said, what is going on? He said, you know, he, he recounted a story. Uh, this man at that point, I, he was maybe close to 50 or so. I mean, he'd lived a lot of, t- uh, you know, some years and been through a lot of stuff. And he recounted a story of something that took place to, to him when he was in his teens. I mean, so a long time ago. He recounted a story, and he said, that man, and, and even right now, I don't remember all the fine details of the story, but the just of the matter was there was somebody that, that you know, 30 years ago did something to him, and that person claimed to be a Christian. And he said, that hurt me so bad. There's no way I can ever forgive him. And I can't forgive him, so how can I ask Jesus to forgive me? Hey, he at least understood that he had to get that right. You know, there's a lot of times that we're not willing to forgive somebody. Today, that, that man's family has ended up in divorce. He, uh, and and it's, just, it's just a sad story. And I don't know if that's his only problem, if that's his only hang-up, but lack of forgiveness can destroy us. A lack of being willing to forgive somebody. It, listen, this, this man was hanging on to something that was you know, 30 plus years old that happened to him. And anger was in there. And bitterness was in there. And he's just not willing. I can't forgive that person for what they did to me. I'll tell you something. If we're going to deal with hurt biblically, we're going to have to obey Ephesians 4.32. We're going to have to forgive. We might not feel like it. We might not want it. Hey, listen, the person might not even deserve it. But that's not the basis of why we forgive. We forgive as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. We ought to be willing to forgive. Uh, Forgive them even if they don't ask you to forgive them. God will bless you for it. Completely forgive the offender. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. This is a familiar verse, one that you're, I'm sure, acquainted with. Romans chapter 8, and in verse number 28, Romans chapter 8 and verse number 28, says this, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to His purpose. How many of you have heard that verse quoted? Well, we just need to trust God. All things work together for good. And that's true. And it is a Bible statement as we are living for Him and, uh, and, and, and we are striving to obey the plan that He has in store for us. Would you jot this down as we're thinking fourthly on how to deal with this in a biblical perspective? We need to concentrate on God's lesson for us. Instead of just dealing only with the hurt, and only letting the hurt get in our mind, and only allow that to be the only thing that we think about, we need to understand that God has a lesson for us. He has a lesson for us to learn. Say, well, I don't know what that lesson is. I didn't say He was going to tell you what that lesson is immediately. You might have to wait a year, two years. Listen, you might never know what the lesson is this side of heaven. But I think we ought to be focusing on trying to learn it. And trying to get what, you know, what is God trying to do here? We need to find out what God's trying to do. We need to learn from it. I mean, think, think again of Joseph. We were there in Genesis chapter 50. And think about the, the many lessons that God was, was uh, using, uh, you know, to teach him in his life. The lessons of humility. Uh, could you imagine being in prison for no reason? No just reason at all? And not getting mad at God? Not getting angry. Actually still doing the work of God and, and allowing God to work through him. Uh, coming, his brothers coming and, and the whole story of how they got reunited and so on. And, and, and God was doing these things in his life. 
for very specific reason. Tell you something, I'm glad tonight to know that God has a reason for what goes on in life. I'm just glad for that. I can't tell you, I, you, know, you can come up to me and say, Pastor, tell me why this is going on. I didn't say I could tell you why it's going on. But I know God knows why it's going on. And God has a plan. And I understand that, you know, we might not always be able to uh, put every little reason why on every little thing that happens. But we ought to be praying and saying, God, are you trying to teach me something through this? Instead of just saying, God, take the hurt away. God, help me not to be, uh, you know, uh, angry. We ought to pray those things. But when we're praying and when we're thinking about these issues that we have to go through, are we saying, God, teach me something from this? We're talking about this year growing in grace. Allowing, allowing our life to become more like Him and growing every day. Hey, listen, God can use the pain and the hurt and the issues of life to help us grow in grace. Are we learning the lesson, though? We ought to pray and ask God to help us. We looked at what are some of the results of not obeying God's uh, plan uh, for handling hurt and how it causes disunity and some of the things. But what are just some, just, just really quick, what are some of the results of responding biblically? What are, what are some of the results? What happens in our life? Hey, I'll tell you something. When we start learning to deal with hurt biblically, we start having victory in our life. But no longer are we uh, obsessed with bitterness Uh, No longer does anger control us. We're starting to have victory over these things. God is giving us a a peace. You know, there's a peace in the Bible that's a peace that passes all understanding. You say, you don't understand, Pastor, what I've gone through. You don't understand this situation, this hurt, this pain. I may not understand it, but listen, there is a peace that passes all understanding. And we need to pray for that peace. And we need to exercise that peace in our life. And when we respond biblically, we'll find that peace. Uh, you know, people are getting depressed at, a, at an alarming rate today. And I understand that there are a lot of reasons surrounding all the stuff that is going on in the world today. But I'll tell you something. When we are carrying hurt and anger and bitterness around in our life, you are a prime candidate to become depressed. And God doesn't want that. God wants you to be freed from that. And you can be freed from that by just doing and applying the biblical principles of Scripture. We'll grow as a Christian. I've already mentioned it. We're talking about growing in grace this year. We're, we're trying to be Christians that are, that are growing, that are seeing God's grace in every area of our life. Instead of just seeing the pain, instead of just seeing the turmoil, instead of just seeing the heartache and, and all of these things that come with hurt, maybe we can start seeing God's grace overshadow some of that. We can start growing and becoming more like Christ. And you know, I'll tell you something else. When we start dealing with these things biblically, God's going to start giving us some wisdom to help others that are dealing with some of these issues as well. You know what we need to be as a Christian? We need to be able to be growing in grace and, 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 being, and be a Christian that's maturing so that when there's somebody else that God puts in our life, that maybe has faced something similar, maybe it's not the exact same, but similar, we might be able to help that person. Has has a Christian ever helped you and said, hey, I know what you're going through. I've been there. Let me help you with something that helped me. The last thing that we need to do as Christians is get together in the slew of despond uh, and just wallow around together and, and, you know, misery loves company, right? And uh, that's the last thing that we ought to do as Christians. We ought to try to help somebody out and encourage somebody. Listen, I, I, I would hope and I think, I'm sure, 
this evening that the majority of you say, well, I wish I could be a help and encouragement to somebody else that's hurting. When you have victory in your own life, you will be able to help somebody else as well. And what an encouragement. Let's, let's just maybe even be a little bit more practical tonight and to realize, yes, there are some things that we can put in our, in our life to respond to hurt uh, in a biblical perspective. But what about the hurt that's already taken place? What about the stuff in the past, like the man I shared with you that, you know, 30 years ago this happened, and some of you can probably mention, you know, similar stories. Maybe something happened just this past week, uh, this past month, this past year, some hurt, some, some problems that might have come into your life. What, how can we start having the victory in those types of areas? Let me just give you a couple things to think about, uh, and, and we'll wrap it up for tonight. First of all, In Proverbs chapter 28 and verse number 13, when we learn to react to hurt that has already come, uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 28 and verse 13, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Listen, if if we're carrying around something in our life from the past, and I'm not going to try to delineate what that is. If the Spirit of God's touching your heart tonight, you know what that is. If we're carrying around something from the past and there's bitterness, there's that that root of bitterness, there's some anger, there's resentment whenever this person's name is mentioned, whenever a place is mentioned, a circumstance is mentioned, a boss is mentioned, there's just anger and anxiety and all of these things whelm up within you. Listen, the first step to getting those things taken care of is to confess it is to confess it. The Bible tells us that if we cover these things up, we are not going to prosper, but he that confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Listen, we need to get truly right with God. Just tell God, listen, we're struggling with this, struggling with that, anger about this, anger about that, whatever it is, confess that hurt. Uh, and, and hey, listen, the Bible, it's still in the Bible, 1 John 1, 9. You know the verse, don't you? If we confess our what? Sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He says, preacher, I thought we were talking about hurt, not sin. But listen, if we are dealing with something from the past that we haven't got right, and there's anger, and there's bitterness, and there's resentment, that is sin in our life. And we need to get it right. We can't just ignore it. We can't just say, well, that, you know, sometimes we want to sweep something under the rug and just say, well, I'm trying to ignore it. I'm trying to forget all about it. The problem is, is sometimes the wind blows the rug off the problems and they're all still there. That's why we need to get it right with God. We need to confess it. We need to get it right and just tell God about it. Hey, listen, isn't it amazing? Have you ever thought about this? Why do we try to keep stuff from God? Why? He already knows about it, doesn't he? He already knows what's going on. Why do we find it so hard to just tell God how we're feeling and confess it to Him? Because that's the first step to getting it right. And Satan knows if we take it, we're on the road to getting things right. What does the Bible say in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 7? 1 Peter 5 and verse number 7, it says, Casting all your care upon Him, for He what? Careth for you. That's one of the sweetest verses in the Bible, I think. There's a lot of good ones. But casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Hey, uh, secondly, I think we are, number next, whatever number we're on here, cast that burden onto the Lord. It's the idea of, of, of rolling. Have you ever carried something heavy, you know, maybe a, uh, you know, a heavy backpack, whether you're in the military or maybe, you know, book bags when you're a freshman in college? You always tell freshmen in college, can't you? Because they have every book they own. And by senior, you know, yeah, I think I need this for class, you know. Um, but uh, anyway, you know, uh, you, you carry these heavy bags, these, these, these struggling things that you're carrying, and you're just weighted down with the load. It's the idea of taking that heavy pack off and 
giving it to the Lord. Casting all your cares. Say, well, God doesn't care about this. God, God isn't concerned about something that happened 30 years ago. God isn't concerned about this, this issue, you know, between husband and wife or, or uh, you know, job at, at work and the boss, whatever. Listen, if we just need to get real with God and stop carrying all these problems our own, on our own and cast them on to the Lord, you say, why should I do that? Well, the Bible answers it because He cares for you. Because He wants to take care of the problems that we are handling now, we've already mentioned this, but it goes without saying. How are we going to deal with these things from the past? Listen, uh, forgiveness has to be in there. We have to completely forgive the offender, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. I know we already talked about that in our other list, but it has to be in this one as well. Uh, if we're going to get over and if we're going to deal with hurt that has already happened, that you know is in the past, we are going to have to forgive the person, the people, the circumstance, situation, whatever it is, we're going to have to forgive those people uh, because if we don't, it's not going to, uh, you know, we're not going to be able to experience the freedom that God has for us. This next one's kind of hard. This next one is difficult. Not always possible just because of people traveling and, and maybe sometimes people, you know, dying or being in different parts of the country where we can't get in contact with each other. But in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 44... It says this, I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them that despitefully use you. Boy, that's a big verse right there, isn't it? That's a lot to think about. Number next. Commit to obey God in restitution. Commit to obey God in restitution. If there's something going on in the past, if there's some issue, some problem, some hardship, some hurt that's in the past, and you have the ability to go to that person, you need to do it. You say, well, they don't deserve it. Well, they don't care. No, no, no. Again, we're getting our eyes off of the reality. The reality is my eyes are on Christ and God wants me to be right with Him. If you're not right with God, you're never going to be right with man. And so we have to make sure that our relationship with God is first and that's right and then we're trying to be uh, restored to those. You say, hey, I have no problem being restored with my church family. I love them. We get along great. Everything is wonderful. That's not what this verse said. talked about our enemies. We ought to love them. Bless them that curse you. You've had somebody say horrible things about you and, and, and really hurt your feelings. Bless them. Do good to them. You ever heard the statement, we're going to kill them with kindness. Kill them with kindness, you know. It gets a little good. I won't kill them, but I'm going to do it with kindness. Amen. I'm going to try to do whatever I can. Somebody that's hurt us. Somebody that has destroyed, you know, some aspect of our life. Do as much good as you can. Pray for them. The despitefully using. I'm just saying, we need to commit to obey God in restitution. If we're able to, I understand sometimes because of time and distance, whatever, we might not be able to meet with those people or whatever, but if we're able to, and we can restore that, you say, well, I might go, it's not going to do any good. Well, that's on their shoulders, not on yours. Your responsibility is to go. Your responsibility is to get things restored as best as you can. And then, Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 5 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 5, the Bible says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Number next in this 
list of trying to deal with hurt that has already taken place in our life, we need to commit to God not to let that hurt control our mind. Commit to God not to let that hurt control our mind. Let's be honest. When we're hurt, when we're mad, when we're angry, what do we spend time thinking about? What do we spend time meditating about? What do we spend time dwelling on? It's the pain. It's the hurt. It's the questions. It's the why. It's the how. It's the I don't understand. And we're letting all of these things come up into our mind. Listen, the Bible says that we are to cast down every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Listen, this is, this is an aspect of where we have to control our mind and have the mind of Christ. Study Philippians chapter 2 and uh, learn a little bit about the mind of Christ and how to, uh, you know, have, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Hey, listen, we need to learn to focus on Him way more than focusing on anything else. And if you're spending all your time focusing on, well, this hurt, this thing hurt me, this problem was there, uh, you know, this issue uh, took place, whatever it is, then that's what our attention is on. And it's supposed to be on Christ. It's supposed to be on growing. It's supposed to be on being a Christian. Not that it's not going to be there. And sometimes, you know, we can't cover every little feeling that's there, but we can control them. We can bring them into captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. I don't know if this is a... I don't think this is necessarily a biblical thing. I think people have studied this. Uh, I heard it from a professor one time that uh, said, listen, if you're going to control your thoughts, you have three seconds to do it. Again, I'm not going to take you to Bible and verse for that. But they say you, he they says you have three seconds to do it. If you don't control it in three seconds, your mind's going to start running away with it. Now, I, I, I think that's just a good rule of thumb. I think it's just good. Hey, listen, if something comes up and I'm starting to think about something that I should not, and within three seconds, I want to try my best to start thinking about something that God wants me to think about, to bring that thought into captivity and not allow it to control my life. I've kind of thrown a lot at you tonight, but I, I understand and, and I know that hurt comes in life. I understand that we can't control everything and sometimes we wish that things were different than they are. When hurt comes, when hurt, when we're faced with it, what are we going to do? How are we going to deal with it? And I think that God's given us a great example of how to do that according to God's way, not man's way. Man's way is what? Get even, throw them under the bus, uh, you know, do as much horrible as you can to them, talk about them uh, to all their friends, make them feel horrible. I mean, that's the world's way. That's not God's way. And God wants us to continue to grow in His grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let's, let's be a church that commits to handling problems, pain, hurt, disappointment, struggles in life, biblically. Let's bow our hearts and heads together tonight. Many, many this morning slipped their hands up and said, I've had to face hurt. I've had to struggle. God's touching my heart about dealing with it right. I wonder tonight as we've kind of put the conclusion on this, I wonder how many would just commit. Maybe, maybe, you know, many hands were up saying that they were dealing with some form of hurt. Tonight we've seen a biblical pattern as to how to deal with that biblically and effectively. Whether it's something from the past or maybe, you know, it's going to be something that is going to happen in the future. And we need to make sure we have our lives so ordered that we deal with it correctly.
I wonder how many tonight would say, you know, Pastor, I'm committing along with you. Boy, I want to do this. I'm going to deal with hurt biblically. Whether it's getting something done right in the past and, and clearing it up, taking care of it, whatever. Or maybe it's just setting some foundational truths in my life that I'm going to obey for the future. I'm going to try to get God's grace in some of the pain and the hurting areas of my life. I want to be a Christian that's growing in grace. Even in the areas that hurt. I'm going to know how many Christians just slip up their hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I, I want to be that Christian that deals with pain and hurt biblically. Many hands are up, many hands, many others. So I want to be that Christian. I, listen, I, I'm not able to just in one day cover every single biblical aspect of this topic. I think the Lord's given us, us enough to think about tonight, though. Certainly, I can't help everything, but... I enjoy, you know, if, if I can be of some assistance to you, if there's something that you're struggling with and whatnot, I, I want to help if I can. Certainly the help comes from the Lord. Let's be Christians that commit to this. Just before we sing here, would you take a moment and pray? Whether you need to get victory over something, listen, tonight, if you're struggling with some hurt, some pain, some disappointment, some heartache, if there's some anger, some bitterness, some resentment, Maybe it's not to a person. Maybe it's to the Lord. Maybe you're just mad at God for allowing something to happen. Would you get that taken care of right now? And comfort yourself in the Word of God, just as David did. Those that maybe aren't experiencing some major issue at this specific time, would you not forget about these things? And would you make a commitment to the Lord that you will put these things in the forefront of your mind when something happens, that you'll respond biblically? And not react, but just act according to the Bible. Lord, help us. We need your grace. We need your strength. Lord, you have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. We thank you for that. We pray that you would, again, show us in the areas that we might be weak in, as we're striving to be Christians that are growing in grace, that we might excel in this grace also of dealing with pain and hurt, in a biblical fashion. And so I pray that as decisions are made tonight, they would be heartfelt, they would be true. If we need to come to the front and solidify some things, that we would do that. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be Christians that deal biblically with these things of pain and hurt that come into our life. I pray that you bless this time of invitation in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen.